I believe God spoke to me, we need to proclaim the kingdom of God. Amen? It's one thing to come to church every Sunday morning. But we need to go out and proclaim the kingdom of God wherever we go. I don't care who we're talking to or where we're at, but we need to share the love of God with people. And many times there's going to be needs. And we need to be willing to pray with them. I was at the Milky Way the other day, and here this little boy, about four years of age, and we talked to the mother, the mother was there, and some other people, and, and this little boy doesn't eat anything but a couple little pieces of bread, and I forget what the other thing was. The boy just has no appetite, does not eat, won't eat anything. And I said, do you mind if we pray for him? And they said, no, go right ahead. So Barbara and I laid our hands on this little boy. Now, I didn't see anything different, but I'm believing I'm going to. Because when I was praying, I began to feel my mouth salivating. Something, I believe God showed me, something is happening, is going to happen, is, is happening in that little boy. Because it's not normal for a little boy only to eat two things. He won't touch anything else. And then I played golf on Friday. And we had one of the pros from golf courses around. And and he was a great guy. Wonderful relationship. Talking and sharing and him, he was helping us where we did some things wrong, you know. He's, and at the end, I invited him to come to church. Oh, I'm not into that mass stuff. I said, no, I'm not asking you to go to mass. I said, I said I'd love to have you come to church. And, you know, after, he said a couple, after I said something once or twice, he said, you know, he said, maybe I do need a little something. He's been married eight years. I don't know what his marriage is like. Maybe he has a great marriage. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. But I, there's people that are out there that need Jesus. Amen? And it's our responsibility to share what God has done for us with them. So the title of my message is Proclaiming the Kingdom of God. And in Luke chapter 9, verse 1 and 2, it says, And he called the twelve together, gave them power and authority over all the demons and to heal diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to perform healing. He sent his disciples out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to perform healing. That's what our message is today. We need to go out. It's great to come together to encourage one another. But that's not what it's about. Oh, I love when the family gets together. But we have more people than just our family that needs to come together. I played golf with three guys that I 
grew up with. One I went to church with, the other two I actually went to high school with, the one, and the other one I played ball with for quite a few years. But they came up and played golf with us in this tournament, Martha Lloyd. Why? Because we believe in Martha Lloyd home. We, spont- we help pay sponsorship to, for these young ladies that are there at Martha Lloyd. So it's all about the kingdom of God. Now there's two kingdoms, man's kingdom and God's kingdom. When I listen to the TV, radio, it's all about man's kingdom. The political stuff that's going on, you don't know who's telling the truth and who's not. Because they're building their own kingdom. So, we don't know what to believe. But when we're talking about the kingdom of God, and that's what we want to talk about, because man's kingdom is all about eating and drinking and feeding the flesh. That's man's kingdom. But God's kingdom is ministering to people. And Romans 14, 17 says, The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost or in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. What is righteousness? Righteousness means to be justified or acquitted, just as if I never did it. My slate is erased. All my sins have been washed away. No matter what I did, it's been washed away through the blood of Jesus. So I have become righteous. You have become righteous because you've applied the blood of Jesus to your life, to your sins. And all your sins have been washed away. I'm no longer a sinner. I'm a saint. You're no longer a sinner. You're a saint. Amen? Too many times, of course, there's things that we know about ourselves that we should change. So we're down on ourselves. We feel we aren't any good because I do this. Well, change your ways. If you feel convicted, then don't do it anymore. But I can't quit. That's why we need Jesus. That's why you cry out to him. He will deliver you. See, we've got to believe. You can't just come to church and read and hear somebody read the Bible or even when you read it. I read it for many years. Got nothing out of it. Not much anyway. There was a few things I got out of it. But basically, I read it to ease my conscience. Come home from a date at night, get my Bible out, read Psalms 117, two verses, you know, I can go to bed. I did my duty. Sometimes I would read a little bit more. But one chapter I didn't read was 119. I didn't have time. But when Jesus comes in, there's a desire for the bread of life. Jesus Christ is the bread of life. The more you read, the more he feeds you. 
the stronger you get in your walk with him. The more power you have to say no to the devil. Amen? So righteousness. God wants to clean our slate. He wants us to be clean. Nothing on it. There is no sin. That's what Jesus said. I don't see any sin. When they wanted to accuse the woman that was caught in adultery. He that's without sin cast the first stone. And he said, neither do I condemn thee. Just go and sin no more. The second thing is peace. Peace means to join. I be, become one. It means the blessings, prosperity, peace, prosperity, they go together. When I am joined together with Christ, everything he has is mine. Everything he has is yours. We just need to begin to claim it. We can't just walk around like, oh, poor me. All, all the things of God are yea and amen. The blessings of God, yea and amen through Jesus Christ. Has nothing to do with what you have done. It's what he has done for us. So, we have peace. We've been joined together. We have been blessed. There's a quietness in us. There's a rest in us. I go to bed at night and you can lay down and go to sleep. You don't have to worry whether the boogeyman's going to get you. You know, when I was, that's what I was afraid of when I was a kid. I don't like to sleep alone, but I had that opportunity last night because Barb went out to Cleveland. My two grandson, uh, my granddaughter and my grandson are getting baptized today. So she went out, her and Sandy and Murdy went out to, to be there for that. But I was uh, alone. But I wasn't alone. Jesus was with me. Amen? And nothing to fear, nothing to worry about. The only thing I, I did do, I was cold. It got cold last night, and I had the air conditioner on. And believe me, I got up, and I turned the heater on. It was getting cold. I didn't have anybody warm, warm me up. Then... The next one is joy. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Cheer, that's cheerfulness. Calm, delight, gladness, exceedingly joyful. joyful. Joyfully, joyfulness, joyous. That's who we are. We're happy people. We're happy. Not grumbling and complaining about every little thing that happens. We're happy. I love to laugh. That's what I love when my buddies came up. We just laugh and joke and have, have a great time. Yes, it's good to be serious sometimes, but boy, I sure love to laugh. Sure love to joke around and have a great time. That's who I am. So, all of this, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Ghost... See, as long as I'm living, and you're living, and walking in the Spirit, it's an exciting life. You don't know what God has next for you. We need to be looking and praying, and God, use me. 
I want to be used. We're getting older, and yeah, maybe we're going to be stepping down as, as the senior pastor and all that. But I'm not going to sit home and twiddle my thumbs. I'm going to be out there, Lord willing, talking, witnessing, proclaiming the kingdom of God. That's who I am. I can't change, but that's who you are. And I'm asking today that we begin to get another vision. Not just coming together, but going out. We need to go out. There's too many people out there that are lost. I'm not talking about going to other going to people that are in other churches. I'm not asking you to get, bring those people. They're already saved and enjoying the presence of God. But there's so many out there that are hurting. They don't know where to turn. Jesus is the answer. That is, in fact, if he is, you found him to be your answer. Is he really your answer? Is he really there for you when you need him? When you cry out to him and you have a need, desperate need, is he there for you? If he will be there for you for your need, guess what? He's going to be there for somebody else's need. When you begin to talk to them, I remember this one time, I was witness, witnessing to the guy that delivered our feed, and he had another fellow with him. And I was telling him all about Jesus, and, and, and the guy looked at his buddy. He says, do you believe this? He said, yeah. And the guy said, I believe him pointing to me, but I don't believe you. Because he probably never, has never said anything to him. Worked together with him, but never talked about Jesus. We need, if we're in love with Jesus, we've got to introduce him to people. What would that be like if I start dating Barb years ago and I'm She's with me, and I see a friend. I just talk to this friend, and Barb's standing here, and I never introduce her. Well, maybe he knows something about her that I don't know. Am I ashamed to introduce her to this person because of what they might think? You like her? Oh, I've had that happen in the past already. Not with Barb. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I took her for a date. And one of her classmates said, you going with him? So when I call her up in the middle of the week, she canceled the date. Oh, she said, I'm going home to see my parents this weekend. I thought any girl wants to see her parents more than she wants to see me. Isn't too interested. Well, God had other things in store. He sent a snowstorm. She never got to go to see her parents. And we've been together ever since. But that woman, see, I'd taken her out once or twice. I don't know. You're going with him? You know, people might say that you love Jesus. You're one of those religious nuts. Is that really who you? You go to church? Are you ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ?
You know, if you're ashamed of him, he's going to be ashamed of you. For the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his peace and joy to become a reality, we must be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is what makes it a reality. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, as they were on the day of Pentecost, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. When we become into, come into that relationship with the Lordship of Jesus Christ, there is an excitement that comes in. Why? Because it's the Holy Spirit who is living in me. He is magnifying himself through me. I'm, there's an excitement there that happens in my spirit because I feel the presence of God moving inside and when I feel the presence of God moving inside of me something is about to happen he's preparing me for something either somebody I'm going to meet or an experience that I'm going to have that I've never had before the Holy Spirit is exciting and people are afraid of him especially that speaking in tongues business the reason you pray in tongues it's because you don't know how to pray. And the Holy Spirit begins to make intercession through you in the perfect will of God. You don't know how to pray for what is coming around the corner. But God knows and he's preparing you for what he has for you. He's preparing you to let you know there's something that's about to happen and I want to use you. We need to be ready. We need to be prayed up. We need to be prepared. For what God has. So for this to be a reality. It needs. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 9 verse 1. I already read that. But the Bible says in verse 1. He gave them power. And authority over all the demons. And to heal diseases. Jesus gave his disciples. The twelve that he had called. Power. I just happened to get got a thought I never had before. I'm going to share it with you. Judas was one of those 12. He had the same power. He saw the same things happen. What happened to him? What happened to Judas? I've had somebody tell me years ago, just before I really got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, I heard this guy talking to my dad. And he said, Judas had no... He was, his, his goal, I mean, his, his purpose in life was to deny Christ. To, you know, what do they call him? He was the, he was a traitor. But he was, he, in other words, he was prepared by God to be the one who would betray Jesus. He didn't, he was predestined. He didn't have a chance. He didn't have a choice. But he did have a choice. He was one of the twelve. But that's the, the thing that they, people use about eternal security. Once saved, always saved. Judas was never saved. That's what they say. He was one of the twelve. Jesus chose him. But he gave them power, the disciples, over all the demons and to heal diseases. Are you one of his disciples? Are we a disciple today? Did Jesus give us power over demons and to heal diseases? 
there's times that God allows a sickness to come on you. Not for you to run to the doctor, but to believe that God is going to heal you. I've had experiences, yes, I did run to the doctor. But the doctor couldn't help me. I had back problems. And I mean, it was bad. I was in terrible pain. When I was about 35, 40, I don't know how old I was. But I went to Dr. Williamsport. I had an x-ray. And I wanted to get it operated on. He said, it's not bad enough. I said... I sent my x-rays to a doctor in Philly. Same word. It's not bad enough. I'm in excruciating pain. It's not bad enough? You don't know what I'm feeling. So Dr. Kurkowski, he starts giving me Tylenol with codeine. You know what codeine is? It's a drug. And it took the pain pretty well away that I could function. And I don't know how many I took, but I went to get a refill. Oh, he said, I'm sorry. He said, this stuff's addicting. He said, I can't give you any more. Doctors won't help me. I can't take any medication to take the pain. I got to go cold turkey. But Jesus healed me. I have no pain. I haven't had pain since then. And I could name other things. God allows things to come into our life that you might cry out to him and he will show himself strong on your behalf so that you have an answer for somebody that doesn't believe. So when you go, somebody tells you that they're sick. I have a God that loves you and it can heal you. Do you mind if I pray for you? And you put your hand on them. And you begin to pray for healing. And God heals them. But if you don't believe he can, you can lay your hands on You're just doing what the Bible says and you really don't believe. And you aren't going to receive either. We need to believe. And the way you believe is because you've experienced it. I can't convince anybody that they need to receive the Holy Spirit, and speak in tongues if I didn't have it. But because we began to, began to pray for people years ago. We were talking one Friday night in our home meeting about these healers, Jack Coe and some of the others. And some, of them, some people in that meeting were saying, ah, just, that's fake. That doesn't really happen. And Mel Good was there. And he said, just a minute. He said, I was at one of Jack Coe's meetings. And he said, I was in line to get healed or something. The lady right in front of me was healed. She wasn't even up front. God healed her right in front of me. He said, you want to be careful. That was a Friday night. We just had started having home meetings. The next Friday night, we're meeting at Mel Good's place. Now, we talked about this healing stuff. We're meeting at Mel's. Barb's stepsister, her foster child that her parents had taken in, was living with us. And she starts sneezing. And she sneezed and sneezed and sneezed and sneezed and sneezed and sneezed. 
And she couldn't stop. We got to call the doctor. We called Dr. Krakowski. Nobody answered. He wasn't home or something. So somebody said, let's pray. And there was probably 15, 18 of us there. We started and we went right around the room. Everybody prayed the whole time she's sneezing. When the last person prayed, she stopped. From that point on, we began to pray for healing. I've been praying for healing ever since. See, oh, God's speaking to somebody. I can feel it. The power of God is in this room. God is talking to somebody. We don't know until we experience the power of God. But once you experience it, you can't keep your mouth shut. We have a responsibility before God because he sent us out. Cast out the demons and heal the sick. That's what he gave us power to do. But if we don't do it, what else is there left to do? People have to run to the doctor. But God wants to use the church. You and I. Well, I never did it before. What if it doesn't work? It's not your responsibility. You can't make it work. It's the Holy Spirit in you that is moving through you. If he's saying, you need to pray for this lady, or you need to pray for this child, you need to pray for this man, you need to pray for him. You can't heal them. But I'll tell you, when I pray and I feel the presence of God, it doesn't matter what it looks like. I know we have what we ask for. I still think back. Sally's back there when her sister-in-law was dying in the hospital. I prayed with, went in, her husband was there, or, um, Marilyn's husband was there with her. And I just shared some scripture. And I said, this is what the Bible says. These signs shall follow them that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And it says, forget not all of his benefits, who pardons all your iniquities and he heals all your diseases. She's laying there in a coma, all but dead. And the presence of God came in that room. And I said, she's going to be all right. She's going to be all right. She had nothing changed. But I know Jesus showed up. And I went out, and about seven of them in the waiting room. Sally was there, my witness. About seven of them gave their hearts to the Lord that night. Nothing had changed in the intensive care unit. But the next morning when the doctor came in, he says, I don't know what happened. Oh, we know what happened. Jesus did it. Jesus did it. We were just a vessel that God wanted to use. I happened to have two other things that I was going to do that night, and they were both canceled. And I got home, and Barb said she was down in the hospital. They didn't expect her to make it. I said, well, might as well go down. Chris was there in college. Her sons wrestled with him. We could pick Chris up, and we'll go to the hospital. I don't know what, I didn't know what God had in mind. I have nothing else to do. Might as well do it. See, all we have to do is be obedient. Take a step of faith. There's a world out there that's hurting. And we have been called 
to go preach the gospel. He gave them power over diseases to heal them. He sent them out. What were they supposed to do? They were supposed to perform healing. And I remember when I was start reading the, the Bible, I came to Exodus 15, 25, and 26. Then he cried out to the Lord. And what happened here? They had come out and come through the Red Sea. And now they're out there in the wilderness and there's, there's no water. They're dying of thirst. And it says, better turn to it. Exodus 15. It says they came to Marah. And the water there was bitter. So the people grumbled at Moses saying, what shall we drink? Water always represents the Holy Spirit. Then he cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a tree. That tree was Jesus. Showed him a tree. He threw it into the waters and the waters became sweet. You know, the Holy Spirit, people don't want anything to do with the Holy Spirit. As long as you don't have Jesus, don't talk to me about the Holy Spirit. It's weird. But when Jesus comes in, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit becomes real. He comes alive. And it said he threw it into the waters. The waters became sweet. Oh, hallelujah. There he made for them a statue and regulation. There he tested them. And he said, if you give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all of his statutes... I will put none of the diseases on you which I have put on the Egyptians for I, the Lord, am your healer. That's why you've got to experience the power of the Holy Spirit and the Lord working in you and through you. You need to know that He is your healer. And if He's real to you, you can give it to somebody else. You've got something to say. Psalms 103, begin with verse 1. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. What is within you? The power of the Holy Spirit is within you. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Forget not of his benefits. What are his benefits as a Christian? He pardons all your iniquities, or he forgives all your sins. Two, he heals all your diseases. Do we, we, do we believe that? When we get sick, do we believe that he is our healer? He is my healer. I can go to the doctors, but if God doesn't heal me, it isn't going to happen. When I had open heart surgery... I went to Arlen, I said, Arlen, what was it like? I said, it wasn't that bad. He said, there's a little pain in the beginning, but he said, it's gone soon. And I left there, because I was going to go in the next morning, I think it was, a day or two later. And the devil said, yeah, he made it, but you're not. I said, God, I need a word. I need to know that I'm going to make it. So he gave me, I went to bed that night, he gave me Isaiah 41.10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. But there's more to it. We used to sing it. 
What's the rest of it? I'm laying there trying, trying my best to sing it, trying my best to quote it. Do you think I could quote it? Do you think I could sing it? I was too lazy to get out of bed and get my Bible. I woke up the next morning, and the whole thing was there. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Now I can't remember. I, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. So the whole thing was right there. And I knew that I had a word. And when I went in there, complete peace. I knew I was going to come through it. No problem. See, we need a word from God. We need to let God speak to us through the Holy Spirit. And he does. He heals all our diseases. He redeems or he buys back your life from the pit. We were condemned to hell, but Jesus paid the price. He bought us. He called us unto himself. He crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. He does this for us. I don't know who you are, but he wants to let you know I love you, and he crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. He satisfies your years, your desires with good things. God has blessed us beyond my wildest imagination. I I would have never thought that I would have all that I have today. I have been blessed. And God wants to bless every one of you. If you're a child of his, your blessings might be different than mine. But I can stand here and say from the bottom of my heart, God has blessed me physically, spiritually, in every way. Sometimes I just cry, why? Why, Lord? Why me? Because I know. I know who I was. And he did too. But he looked down, he saw my heart, and he called me. We know that God causes all things, Romans 8, 28 says. We know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God. God never promised that everything would be good. He said he's going to use everything to be good for you. There's a plan, there's a purpose for everything that you go through. Betty wishes she would have never gone through what she went through, but... I'll tell you, she has a faith that she didn't have before. I believe that. Why? I don't know. But he causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and are called according to, the, to his purposes or the will of God. And then verse 5, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. How many need to have our youth renewed? You know, you, you get to my age and you think, I'm over the hill. But I'm not over the hill. I'm just getting started. I got all those years of experience to live off of. I've got things to tell people. Man, I can't keep my mouth shut. I got I to gotta speak. I got to tell you what God did for me. And what he's done for me, he'll do for you. So I'll never be quiet. We need to preach the kingdom of God everywhere we go. And I'm just going to read some scriptures here in closing. Matthew 8, 16, it say, says, They brought to him many who were da- demon-possessed, 
And he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were ill. Matthew 14, 14. And when he went ashore, he saw a great multitude and felt compassion for them. And he healed their sick. Matthew 15, 30. And great multitudes came to him, bringing with them who were lame, crippled, blind, dumb, and many others. And they laid them down at his feet and he healed them. Matthew 19, 2. And great multitudes followed him. And he healed them there. Oh, I'm telling you, if you'd have been there, if you'd have been one of his disciples, what he was doing, he was showing them who he was. And he was showing them who he wanted them to be. I'm going to the Father, but I'm leaving you here. We need to declare the goodness of God, the love of God, wherever we go. We can't stop now. We think it's only certain people that can do it. No, God can use the least of us. And that's me. I would have never dreamt that he would call me. As far as I'm concerned, I would be the last person he would call. And you might feel that way. But get ready. Get ready. He's going to use you. Get ready. You get start reading the word, let it jump off the pages at you. You underline that. That's God speaking to you, and it's going to happen. Yes. It's going to happen. Matthew 19, 2, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them there. Matthew 21, 14, and the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. This was after he cleansed the ta- temple. See, he, you know, I think he wants to cleanse us first through his blood. After he cleanses us, anything can happen because our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Mark 1, 16 through 34, the calling of his disciples, the beginning of his healing ministry. Right there. I could go on and on, but I'm not going to because Mark, Luke, talk about all the times that he was healing people. That's who he was. That's who we are. We're his disciples. A disciple is one who is a follower follower of Jesus. People say you look like your dad, you act like your dad. People say that about Chris. He looks like me, acts like me. Poor guy, but... (laughs) He can't help it, he's my son. He didn't ask to be my son. Barbara and I brought him into the world. And that's who he is. And when Jesus called you, when he saved you, he called you into the ministry, into his kingdom, to do his work. He said, I'm going to the Father. I'm sending the Holy Spirit who is with you now, but he shall be in you. We're to carry out his work. Let's pray.